this Sunday morning. Everybody stand to your feet now. Grab your hymn books. Brother Ken's going to come lead us. Let's stand and make a joyful noise together this morning. Brother Ken, let's sing together now. I hope you're ready to make a joyful noise. Brother Ken. for them, but we're glad to be back in God's house. Amen. Feels like it's been six months since we've been together, but let's pray that the Lord will bless us today. I'm going to ask Brother David Teller to take us to the throne room of grace. Uh, let's join Brother David this morning. Pray for me, preacher, if you would. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for being in this place this morning. First yeah. of all, we'd like to thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ that makes it all possible. Amen. We're thankful for the salvation that we have in him, and Lord, there are many things upon our hearts today, many burdens, pressures, stresses, and anxieties of life, but Lord, just pray today you'll set those aside for a few minutes that we can concentrate and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ today. Lord, you said in your word, if you be high and lifted up, you will draw all men unto you, and we pray that is our prayer today. Lord, be with us, be with those who are sick, shut in, unable to be with us. Lord, encourage the Christian today in the world in which we live. Help us to be a light, as the pastor talked about this morning. We do pray for the service, the song service, the instrumentalist, Lord, the singers. Pray for our pastor. He brings the message. And Lord, just encourage us this day as we go out from this place to be a witness for you and to lift up your name. We ask it done in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Pray for the choir this morning. Really, a new song for us. I hope it'll bless your heart. I'm glad I'm a royal descendant. You listen as the choir sings this morning.
Many 
guitar for you this morning. I love to hear Brother Scott sing this. I'm so glad that we've got someone who's with us in the third watch of the night. You listen as Brother Scott sings. have suffered with in the last six months. I said two weeks ago on a Sunday morning that the last six months have been some of the most challenging that I've ever faced uh, for my folks uh, because so many people have been hurting, going through so many things. We've still got folks who have yet to have surgeries, uh, deaths in in our family. But I'm so glad this morning there's a field of grace where God brings his people. If you're here today and you're visiting with us, I'll let you know that this altar is always open. If you're a member here, You want to slip your way up, or if you're a visitor here, 
and you want to come talk to the Lord about whatever you're facing this morning, I'm so glad that there's a field of grace where he welcomes his children and always tells them that all is well. You listen now as the choir sings one more.
Thank you, choir. Appreciate that so much. I've got several uh, announcements for you today, a couple that are not in the bulletin. I'm going to go through these all quickly. Uh, thank you for being here on this Sunday morning. Uh, first of all, I will just remind folks uh, that if you are not on our call list, and this became last week when a couple of folks, in fact, we had five or six who did not get the message about the church not having power last week and if you're not on our call list uh, if you'll put your name and phone number uh, on the bottom right hand side of the directory we've got that information there I'll make sure if you're interested in getting that we of course also put everything out on our social media accounts but if you want to get a direct call if you've got a cell phone we also text as well uh, so if you'll put that information we'll make sure we add you to our list to make sure you get all the updates uh, as they come out several things this morning first of all uh, let me remind you that uh, we've got our online tithing system. That's going to be important in just a few moments. I'll speak to that in just a second. Uh, gentlemen, that helped us with our lawn mowing for last year, our church grounds. It's that time of year again. Uh, if you were on it last year, we're going to assume that you would like to be on it again. If that's not the case, if you'd see Brother Mike Smith or Sister Leanne. And then if you're not on our list and you can help us out, we only do it. Uh, we have enough so that men don't have to do it but once every three months now. So if you're able to help that and extend that, that would be fantastic. Uh, so if you're not on the list last year but you can help out, uh, you see Miss Leanne or uh, Brother Mike Smith. And then for those of you that were on it last year, I do need your help. Uh, the lawnmower key has walked away, uh, and that makes it tough to crank. So if you would search your uh, homes, gentlemen, uh, for those of you, especially those who may have done it the last few times, I know it's easy to slip that in your pocket and take it with you without even realizing it. Uh, so if you would search your houses, and if you've got that, if you'd bring it back and give it to Brother Mike, we'd sure appreciate it. Teens, young adults, chaperones that are planning on attending this year's teen conference which is June the 25th through the 29th in Gatlinburg. need you to please sign up. If you're thinking you're attending, sign up over in our postal area. Uh, that's uh, so that we get an accurate count. The cost is $300. Uh, we need to know what kind of fundraisers we need to plan and what kind of rooms we need to get. So please get that to us ASAP if you would. Then note, if you would, coming up in just a couple of weeks, hard to believe already, but on Sunday, April the 1st, is, of course, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And as always, we do a special project uh, uh, offering, if you will, for that. You can do it a couple of ways this year. Uh, we always have our Judas bags. And for those who may, may not have been with us, uh, we've got some little uh, brown sacks up here where we encourage you to put at least 30 pieces of silver as a special offering for the price for which Christ was sold. And all of the proceeds that come in on that special offering will go to our expanded parking lot. Uh, we've got lots of information to share with you shortly about that. Needless to say, it is not going to be very, 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 very cheap. Uh, in fact, it's going to be anything but very, very, very cheap. So uh, anything that you give on that particular day in the Judas bags will go for that. If you're like me and you would prefer to use the online system, uh, then Brother Scott has included an account fund on there that just says building fund. You can select that and give in that capacity. Uh, and either way, it will all go towards our building, our, our uh, upcoming parking lot project. So if you would grab the Judas bags between now and Easter Sunday and help us out with that. Then I want to call everybody's attention. This is a, an announcement that I need to get on your radars. We've got a calendar change because of some situations between my calendar and Sister Kyla Faye's calendar. We've got to change some things up this year. It's going to be a one-time thing only. Origi normally, we do our homecoming either the last weekend in April or the first weekend in May. We actually met. Homecoming is the day where you celebrate the founding of the church. 
and uh, we actually met for three weeks before we had our first official. So I do homecoming, you know, in about a two or three week period. This will, of course, be the seventh year for Stanley Town's Amazing Grace Baptist Church, the Consolidated Churches. But because of some scheduling conflicts between myself, my crazy calendar, and Miss Kyler's, we got to postpone that uh, for this year. And that, of course, also includes our Ladies' Jubilee. So here's how this is going to work. On Saturday, August the 4th, uh, we will have a one-day Ladies' Jubilee with Sister Kyla. Then on August the 5th, we'll have our homecoming celebration. Uh, Sister Kyla and Deliverance will be singing. Brother Heath Williams will be preaching. And that also kicks off our end-of-summer jubilee. So we'll have all of that back-to-back. Saturday will be uh, Ladies' Jubilee Sunday homecoming. We won't do an evening service, but we'll have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday with Brother C.T. Townsend preaching, and then uh, Kyle and Deliverance singing Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So a five-day event. It will be in August. So in May, I'm going to do something special. I'll give you the announcements about that later, but I'm going to do a special dinner. Uh, for all of our folks that work with our kids, those of you teach children's church, junior church, Sunday school, Awanas, nursery, you and your spouse and your family, uh, we're going to do a thank you meal for you all in May because of the sacrifices that you make every week and the time you put into getting ready for that. I'll give you the dates and more information about that soon, but please keep that in mind and mark your calendars, if you will, regarding that change. And finally, uh, uh, two more that are not in your bulletin regarding our children's church and junior church. We are looking for one more pair, a teacher and helper. Uh, again, we have that set up so that you only have to do it once a month or so. It, but we are looking for one more teacher and assistant. If you can help, please see Sister Courtney. Uh, wave your hand, Courtney, so folks know who you are. You can also see my wife on that, and they'll get you down on the list and give you all the materials for that. Everything is given to you, and we so appreciate uh, your help in that capacity. Finally, also not in your bulletin, but will be next week, uh, a Senior Saints trip. Uh, that will take place on Thursday, April the 20th, heading to the Wolf Hall's Theater, departing from here at the church at 9.30, going there for the matinee, and uh, coming back that same day, $45 per person, needs to be turned in by March 25th, make the check out to the church, give it to uh, Sister Up Church, raise your hand, folks, so they'll know who you are, uh, or you, you're either, buddy, I love that little boy over here raised his hand, we'll give you the money too, buddy, amen, I love it. Uh, look, I taught third grade for 12 years, that's the light of my day, Amen. And so uh, if you'd help us out with that, we'd sure appreciate it. Uh, again, we'll have all of that in your bulletin, but that needs to come out uh, or be paid uh, by the 25th. All right, let me get all the little ones this morning. If you're heading to Children's Church or Junior Church, come on and make your way down. We go up through fifth grade, uh, all the way up through fifth grade. Come make your way down. They're going to come around, collect any loose change you've got. This is our Penny March, and it helps support our children's and our ladies' ministries here at the church. Take off, young folks.
Children's Church, Junior Church. Come on, make your way this morning. as always for your gifts i love seeing these 40 50 60 kids go out blesses my heart that means we got life in the church and we got a future church so praise the lord thank you for bringing them all right uh, fellas come on make your way down this morning uh, you be give obediently unto the lord with his tithes and your offering sister betty you come on and get ready to sing for us ma'am if you would and again thank you for your faithfulness i'm gonna i'm gonna share this with you for just a second and i'm gonna ask for your attention for just a moment i'm gonna be tacky for a second uh, and just ask your help on this. Um, our church is utterly and completely dependent upon tithes and offerings. That's how we fund everything in our church. And when we miss a Sunday, uh, everything doesn't shut down for the week. So I'm going to ask you to keep that in mind. And hopefully you didn't spend last week's tithes on a Big Mac this week. Amen. And just uh, make that up, especially because it's the first Sunday of the month that we've missed. We missed the first Sunday in February, the first Sunday in March. And again, we appreciate you being faithful and, and keeping that and moving that forward. Betty's going to sing for us. Let's pray. Lord, bless the offering today. Lord, thank you for the faithfulness of your folks to give. And Lord, thank you that we're able to do everything that we do for the faithfulness of folks' tithes and offerings. Bless now in the furtherance of the service. We'll praise you and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. You know, I was thinking a while ago when our uh, altar filled up during the last song with the choir that it's great to know that if you need prayer, that all you got to do is look around in this church and somebody will pray for you. It's the biggest compliment that you can pay to a Christian is to ask them to pray for you. It shows that they have confidence in you and your life and the way you're living it and the fact that you will do what you said. So if you need somebody to pray for you this morning, you either come down here or you look to your left or your right and ask that person because I know that they'll help you. Listen to the words of this song and let this be your testimony to our visitors. <clears throat> If you've got a problem, I'd sure like to share. There's one special way I can show you I care. I could offer opinions that may prove untrue. For the only sure answer, here's what I'll do. Let me talk to my father for you. And if I know my father, here's what 
Page 203 in your blue songbook. Page 203, the windows of heaven. We'll sing it one time through, have a time of fellowship. Page 203 this morning. The windows of heaven are open. The blessings are falling tonight. There's joy, joy, joy in my heart since Jesus made
right, thank you so very much. I appreciate that. Always your kindness to one another and welcoming folks out. Uh, we're going to get ready for our missions offering in just a second. Of course, that was scheduled for last Sunday, and we weren't able to be here. Uh, a lot of you don't even realize all the damage that the church took last week. Uh, we lost a lot of shingles, had some roof damage, a um, lot of uh, uh, damage downstairs. Uh, but it's all fixed for today. It's unbelievable how quickly it came together. And I'll just say thank God for insurance. Amen. So uh, you, uh, you be obedient now. Ushers, come on, make your way down. Normally this is the first Sunday of the month, but of course, uh, uh, ushers, come on. Uh, we weren't able to do this last month, so we're uh, last week rather. We're going to do it today. You be obedient. This is how we support our missionaries, and of course, in addition, we give 14% of tithes and offerings back out to the mission field as well, and it's able to allow us to support so many. Father, bless the offering. Bless Brother Ken as he sings now in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Many of y'all recognize the song just as soon as we start to sing it. It's one we used to do a long, long time ago. It was sung right often. It's oftentimes in my mind. And I hope you know that you're on the winning side this morning. Once I drifted out in sin, had no hope nor joy within, and my soul was burdened down with pride. My Savior came along, and He showed me I was wrong. Now I know I'm on the winning side. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Out in sin, no more will I.
worked all week on teaching him that. Amen. Genesis chapter 29, please. Genesis chapter number 29 this morning. While you're turning, I'll give you a couple of more prayer requests that were shared with me this morning. Uh, pray for Sister Ava Roberts, Brother Sam's sweet wife. She's had a long battle with pneumonia going on several weeks now. Pray for her. Uh, most of you know Sister Sarah Lawson uh, is uh, going uh, through cancer treatments. She's uh, pretty weak right now. She's going through both radiation and chemo simultaneously. So pray for her. And then Sister Price shared with me she has a daughter-in-law that will be having some significant surgery in Philadelphia this week. I smile every time I share something about from Mrs. Price. When we first, I don't think she minds me sharing this, but when we first merged, uh, Brother Price and Sister Price were members here. And so I would, was making my rounds to try to meet the folks here uh, that were part of Stanley Town, of course, uh, as uh, the two churches merged together. And uh, Mr. Price was... Uh, uh, battling cancer himself and was in his last few weeks and months of, of his uh, earthly walk and um, I, I, he had a good sense of humor at least with me I love to pick with folks love to put a smile on their face and every time I'd go see Mr. Price he'd give me a check for the church finally I got smart to this after about three times I went, went over to see him on my lunch hour from work and uh, he gave me a check, and I said, Mr. Price, I have figured this thing out. I'm going to be at, here today at 13579. Is that all right? He looked at me, and he said, yeah, it's fine, but you're going to get one check. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Genesis, please, chapter 29. Genesis chapter 29. A story that is unbelievable when we get right down to it. An unbelievable love story, in fact. Let's begin reading in verse number 15. Verse number 15. Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me what shall thy wages be. Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. I was hoping to stare right at Nick when I said this, but he's out teaching junior church. Amen. I like that. Serving the father-in-law for seven. We ought to just park right there, shouldn't we? Keep reading. Jacob served seven years, verse 19. Laban said, It's better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another man. Abide with me. Jacob served seven years for Rachel. They seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had for her or to her. Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled that I may go into her. Laban gathered together all the men of the, of the place and made a feast. Came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, brought her to him, and he went unto her. Laban gave unto his daughter Leah, Zilpah, his maid for a handmaid. Came to pass in the morning. Behold, it was Leah. And he said unto Laban, What is this thou hast done? unto me did I not serve with thee for Rachel wherefore then hast thou beguiled me Laban said 
it must not be done or so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. If, if, if I'm Jacob, I'm thinking in the back of my head, I sure wish you'd have told me that seven years ago. Must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week. We will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. Is everybody following what's happened here? Good golly, Miss Molly, you've got to be kidding me. Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. And he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. Laban gave to Rachel, his daughter, Billa, his handmaid, to be her maid. He went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah and served with him seven other years. Holy moly. Let's pray. Father, bless the preaching of your word. Lord, I pray that you would take the outline that we have today. May it be a blessing unto your people. Lord, it's my desire that the words that come out of my mouth would glorify you. Lord, as we deliver what we believe you've laid upon our hearts, empower me to preach it. Lord, forgive me of any unconfessed sin. Hide us behind the cross. Lord, if there's anyone here today that's not saved, may this day, March the 11th, 2018, be the hour that you send the Spirit of God to do the work that only the Spirit of God can do. And Lord, for all of us, I pray that we'd walk out of here today more encouraged to do the things of God in the hour that we have. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. A week ago yesterday, I had the great privilege of helping in the ceremony between uh, Zach Reynolds, one of our uh, soldier men here at the church, and his precious wife, Ashley. To show you how the Lord operates and how our Lord works, as Renee and I were driving over to uh, uh, North Carolina, Shawboro, North Carolina, which is way out on the eastern shore. It's about four and a half, five hours, depending on how you go. Uh, we're 30 minutes away from the church. Uh, we're driving straight to the church for the rehearsal, 30 minutes out. Uh, my vehicle shuts down, just cuts off completely. Everything stops. Uh, again, 30 minutes away. We're on time. We've, we've got about 45 minutes. In fact, we're going to get there about 15 minutes early. But everything cuts off, and I was miraculously, I say miraculously, it's by the grace of God, able to literally coast into a garage right as the man is flipping the clothes sign. I mean, literally, we coasted in, and he flips the sign. And I got out, and he stepped out, and of course, this is during the, the horrible winds. And the winds are whipping. There are shingles blowing off of his roof uh, uh, everywhere. And I walked in and I said, sir, I'm the customer I know you don't want to see. You are getting ready to, to, to shut down and go home. He said, no, buddy, I'm not going home. I'm going on the roof. What do you need? <laughs> and I said, well, I think either my battery has quit or the alternator is gone, one of the two, because the battery light flipped on. So he comes out and he charges me back up and I get it into the bay and he cha changes the battery, gets me a new battery, changes it for me. And in the source of, in the time of, uh, uh, working on it, I began to speak to him. I told him, I'm Pastor Greg Hodges. I'm getting ready to get to a, me a wedding rehearsal, a soldier boy in my church. And he, we got to talk and asked where he's from, Martinsville, Virginia. He happened to be a NASCAR fan, so he was well familiar with NASCAR. And I'm starting to talk about the motorsports program at our college. And we're having a great conversation. And he looks at me and he says, now, what denomination are you? And I said, well, I'm Baptist. The name of my church is Stanley Town's Amazing Grace Baptist Church. And as God is my witness, he looks at me 
this has got to be the 20th time I've heard this. He said, is that a white church? Just leaving that there. We have a long name to our church. And I said, well, yes, sir, it is. That's an independent fundamental Baptist church. And he said, wow, this is a miracle. He said, I love this. This is awesome. He said, my mama was a holiness preacher. And I said, oh, that's awesome. My mama was raised holiness too. And he looked at me. He said, that's incredible. And I said, I bet I can one-up you. My mama was West Virginia holiness. He looked at me, and his eyes got big. He said, what does West Virginia holiness mean? I said, well, my mama grew up never, ha- never, uh, 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 never knowing uh, anything other than holiness until she uh, 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 got, got acquainted with my daddy. Uh, that meant that, you know, uh, speaking in tongues was regular. And he said, well, check, I understand that. That's what my mama did and her mama. And mama's all the way back. And I said, well, my mama also grew up in a snake handling church. And he looked at me and said, you win. (laughs) He changed the battery and uh, turned out not to be the battery. We had to leave it there and drive back a couple days later. But as we were driving back, Renee and I were later in the week on uh, later this week. I don't remember what day it was. But as we were driving back to pick up the car, I was astounded uh, by how the Lord operates. Because I have to tell you, folks, when my car cut off, we were in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. In fact, it had already cut off once before. And when I tell you that there was nothing around, it was nothing. And I'm sitting there, and Lord, please get this. And it cranks back up. And I'm 15 minutes later able to coast it into a garage right before it cuts off again. Can I just pause a moment and say, what an awesome God we serve. What an incredible God that we serve. As I was participating in the beautiful ceremony between Courtney and, excuse me, not Courtney, that's the sister, between Zach and Ashley, I was drawn to this story. A story that is a beautiful example of the price we pay or what we're willing to do for those whom we love. This is a story of a, of a man that you know well by the name of Jacob who falls in love with a young lady by the name of Rachel. And he goes to Rachel's father, Laban, and says, Uncle Laban, I'd like to marry this girl. And Laban says, well, here's the price. I gotta, you got to work for seven years for me in order to have this lady. He agrees. and For seven years, he performs service, if you will, for his soon-to-be father-in-law. And on the day of the wedding, as was tradition, everything is covered so he does not see her. And in fact, the marriage is consummated. And it is not until the next morning that he realizes that it is not Rachel that's lying beside of him, but Leah. And so he goes to his uh, father-in-law and says, what have you done? Why have you beguiled me? Why have you tricked me? And, and Laban says, oh, by the way, there's a custom in these parts. You can't have the younger one first. The older one's got to get married. And, and you'll note that, that Jacob does not say what I would have said, which is, sure wish you told me that. And Jacob agrees to work another seven years for the woman that he loves. There are so many applications to this story there is of course the marriage application the sacrifice that we should make for those whom we love there's the family application uh, that we understand yet there is also the application that I want to look at today 
that is so reticent and so understandable, which is uh, all that Christ was willing to do for us. Why? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. With the help of the Lord, I want to give you a quick message this morning that I'm entitling, It's All About Love. It's all about love. And I want to give you four sayings about love. Four sayings, if you will, that have been popular in poetry, popular in music, uh, popular in describing this thing that we call love and show you how they relate to this passage, yet also show us how we ought to relate to him who loves us so much. Number one, love makes the time fly. Love makes the time fly. You've heard it said, and we think we, we all understand this uh, simple analogy. When you love what you're doing, time seems to go by much faster. When you love what you're engaged in, when you're enjoying what you're doing, time seems to go very fast. I'll give you an analogy that I hope will make sense to you. When we typically begin practicing for our Christmas production, it is usually in early September. Sometimes it's been a little bit late, mid-September, but always in the month of September, which gives us several weeks. And when we start, I look back over the calendar and think, my stars, uh, we got tons of time to put this thing together. Uh, but Sunday after Sunday, it seems that the time goes by just like that. Uh, and almost inevitably, it's because most of us absolutely love what it is that we're doing. We're having such a good time, so much fellowship, uh, so much so uh, that we really don't dread the situation. Note with me, if you would, that Jacob was in a tough situation. I think we'd all amen that. Having to work another seven years uh, for the woman he loved, uh, but there is nothing in Scripture that I see where he complained about it one little bit. Not one time did he say, that's not right, that's not fair, uh, you shouldn't have done this. Uh, and if I'm reading this correctly, he does not dread the fact that he's got to work in a seven additional years uh, for the woman that he loves. May I pause a moment and say to you that when we love the Lord, his service is not dreadful. Now, I want to be blunt with you. All of it is not always fun. And all of it is not always easy. And it is time-consuming. And it takes time away from your family, time away from your loved ones. And sometimes it's physically exhausting. But when you love the Lord because he first loved us, you don't dread the service because you know what he did for you and you know that anything you do for him is small in comparison. You don't dread the service. Not only do you not dread the service, I submit to you that Jacob also did not dread the situational service. What do I mean by that? Jacob was tricked into working 14 years. 14 years. Seven years was hard enough. Having to work uh, in servitude to his future father-in-law for seven years was hard enough. But now having to do it an additional seven years, uh, I have no doubt that there was something in the back of his mind that thought, man, this is not fair. Man, I wish he hadn't have done this to me. But I also thought, uh, or think rather, that he probably kept his eye on Rachel the whole time. And perhaps he came to the realization uh, that during those times of disappointment, uh, during the times when he was dreading the situation, uh, when he was dreading the service, uh, if he kept his eye on Rachel uh, and realized that what he was doing would ultimately be worth it, uh, it made it all worthwhile. Why? Because he kept his eye on the one that he loved. If you've been in church, I hope you'll say amen to this. If you've been in church work for very long, 
it's easy to get discouraged. You put your eyes on people, and you'll get discouraged. You put your eyes on the people in this pulpit, you'll get discouraged. Appreciate you not saying amen right there. Why? Because people are people. And people will let you down. People will fail you. And even in the best of intentions, humanity fails. But hey, when you look at me this morning, listen now. When you put your eyes upon the one who loves you, when you put your eyes upon the one who gave everything for you, when you put your eyes upon the King of kings and the Lord of lords, suddenly you realize that everything you're doing is worthwhile. Every sacrifice, everything you give up is all worthwhile because you keep your eyes on the one you love. And love makes the time go by. Number two this morning, not only does love make the time go by, love is quick to forgive. Love is quick to forgive. Saturday week ago, right before the wedding started, it's myself, Zach, Zach's dad, and the other preacher, which was Ashley's pastor. We're in the back room together. All the other families walked out. Groomsmen are out. Everybody's getting ready for the service. And I looked at the pastor, and I said, Pastor, before we go out, would you mind just leading us in prayer? So we circled arms, or circled shoulders, rather. And the prayer of that pastor began to prick my heart just a little bit. Because as he was praying, he was really counseling at the same time. He was asking God to bless the wedding and to steal the nerves that were inevitable that day. But then he began to say things like, Lord, help Zach and Ashley choose to forgive when they hurt each other. Help Zach and Ashley be united as one couple. Help remind them, Lord, uh, that forgiveness uh, is not easy. It's a choice they'll have to make. He said, amen, and I looked at him and I said, preacher, that's good preaching right there. Oftentimes, I've had the opportunity before weddings to counsel some young folks. And one of the first things I instruct them on or teach them about is this choice to forgive. I get amused with young love. Because every once in a while, they'll say things like, that won't be a problem for us, preacher. He's perfect. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you wait three weeks. <laughs> and you come talk to me. All right, well, that, that, that young strapping man, preacher, ain't no problem. And she ain't never going to do me nothing but good. You wait till tomorrow morning, big dog. Yeah, man. <laughs> The reality is, folks, a marriage is challenging. In the best of situations, it's difficult. Compromises have to be made. And one of the most important choices any couple will ever do is the choice to forgive. Listen, forgiveness doesn't come naturally to humans. Humans, we love to hold grudges. We love to get mad. We love to get angry. We love to hibernate, if you will, and allow that, that seed of bitterness uh, to root in our hearts. Uh, you listen now, if a husband and wife does that or any relationship does that, uh, it is destined for problems. Uh, a successful marriage is one that chooses to forgive. And I hope you'll amen this. 
Jacob had reason to hold a grudge. Jacob had reason to be doggone snot-nosed mad. But Jacob chose to forgive. Jacob wisely, in fact, we have nothing in Scripture uh, that suggests he got angry. We have nothing in Scripture that suggests she held a grudge. Uh, he simply was obedient to the task at hand and chose to forgive not only Laban, but all of those who were involved in this plot because something like that does not get carried out by one person. Uh, Jacob chose to forgive those that hurt him the most. You understand, church, I know you know this, but I like saying it, like reminding us of it. When we hold grudges, uh, the only people that we're hurting is us. When we hold grudges of anger and resentment uh, and that root of bitterness takes hold of our heart, we're not doing a thing to those that we're mad about. Uh, we're not doing a thing to those that we're angry with. Uh, the only person that's getting hurt is us. Love is quick to forgive. Number one, love makes the time fly. Number two, love is quick to forgive. Number, two, number three, love makes life pleasurable. Love makes life pleasurable. When you enjoy what you're doing, it makes it so much better. I want to extrapolate this beyond just the husband-wife relationship. Now I'm going to take this all the way out to the family relationship. There's something wonderful about family. Amen. There's something wonderful about that word family. Whether your family is just you and one or two others, or whether your family is extremely large and you all get together and you have to shout to hear over one another, there is something wonderful about family. When you are engaged in a family relationship, you understand that you're enjoying what you're doing and that makes life so much better. Makes even the work worthwhile. What do you mean? Let me give you the simplest of examples. Friday, we're driving home, Renee and I are. It's been a very long week. We had to leave, yeah, Tuesday, we had to leave from the house Tuesday to drive all the way back over to the eastern shore so I could drop off the rental car, pick up my vehicle to drive all the way back to Blacksburg for a meeting I was supposed to be at Wednesday afternoon. So it's six hours out, pick the car up, five hours back the other direction. Friday, where I'm done with the meeting for the college, I'm driving home, and I get a text, and I had I, just 30 seconds, I had said, man, I am so glad we have nothing to do tomorrow. I am so glad that we're going to lay down, sleep in, and have absolutely nothing to do tomorrow. I had barely gotten that out of my mouth. When I get a text from my daughter, or Renee gets a text from my daughter that says, we're doing some yard work tomorrow for our future home. We really need some help. Renee read it to me, and I looked at Renee and I said, I wonder where she's going to get it from. Amen. I said, tell her we'll be there. So 9.30 yesterday, we had a wonderful breakfast, and family got together and we start clearing out leaves and doing shrubs and cutting and hauling and all this and I have to tell you this morning when Renee and I rolled out of bed she looked at me and I said I feel so sore she said I am 200 years old this morning <laughs> why would you do something like that because you love your family 
And family makes service worthwhile. Would you look at me, folks? In a very real sense, our church is a family. In fact, the best churches are family. And a lot of you have heard me say this, and I'll say again, I'm oftentimes closer to my church family than I am my own extended family. Why? Because we share something in common that many members of my family just don't understand. And as a family, uh, there are times when we have disagreements. As a family, there are times when we have little squabbles. Uh, as a family, there are times when we have misunderstandings. Uh, and we get, get along about something. Uh, but may I say to you this morning that as a family, we love one another. Uh, we labor together. Uh, and service together is a pleasure because we're family. Because we're family. Love makes the time go by. Love uh, is quick to forgive. Love makes the work pleasurable. Finally, number four, love is blind. Love is blind. I wanna, want you to go back into your text this morning. Look at verse 16 of what we read. I love how the Spirit is always so good to frame words and how it says things and allows us to read between the lines. Read with me, if you would, please, at beginning at verse 16. Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Rachel was tender-eyed. Excuse me, Leah was tender-eyed. But Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. You understand the word but there is important? <laughs> Some of you are just now getting it. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was pretty. In fact, Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. The scripture describes Rachel as beautiful and describes Leah as tender-eyed. Some of you are still struggling with this, aren't you? I'm not going to spell it out any more than that other than say that, Le uh, that, that Laban had two daughters and one of them was gorgeous. And then she had a sister. Amen. Scripture only can say she was tender-eyed. I don't want to be unkind because I'm not like that. But that's a nice way of saying, mm, bless her heart. Amen. You understand when you say bless her heart, that changes it from gossip to a prayer request. You can say, that girl is ugly, and that's gossip. But you say, that girl is ugly, bless her heart, that's a prayer request. That means help her, Jesus. Amen. And when Jacob looked at Rachel, he went, good golly, Miss Molly, look at that. And when he looked at Leah, he said, help her, Jesus. Amen. But love is blind to the faults of others. You see, for the sake of time, we won't continue to read it. But I challenge you to go home and look at the fact that Jacob treated Leah like a queen. I don't, put yourself in, 
Whenever we preach about this passage, it's always put yourself in Jacob's shoes. Imagine how angry you'd be. Imagine how mad you'd be. Imagine how betrayed you'd feel. Put yourself in Leah's shoes. And understand that the only way she could get a husband was for her daddy to trick somebody into marrying her. Imagine in the morning after the consummation, and he wakes up, and he sees her, and he goes, Imagine the humiliation Leah felt. Imagine the disgust for herself that she felt. But you trace this out, and not one time, not one time do you read where Jacob ever mistreated Leah. As he should have, he put her on a pedestal. He cherished her. He loved her. He treated her exactly as a wife should be treated. Why? Because love is blind to the faults of others. Doesn't take long in any relationship, be it a marriage relationship or in a friendship or any other family relationship, where the little faults uh, begin to pop out. Uh, And again, I get very tickled uh, with young love as they sit in my office and talk about how perfect uh, the other one is. Uh, Perfection doesn't last for very long. And the whole church said, amen. You said it loud, too. Almost like that was a personal thing. And I even saw a few go, Love is blind to the faults of others. You know, one of the things that I figured out in my 20 years of preaching and now nearly 17 years of pastoring is people do about what they want to do. And all the scripture and all the prayer, people do about what they want to do. So the choice to love is just that. It's a choice. Look at me. Jacob made the choice to love even when he didn't like the situation. Even when he didn't like the circumstance. Even when he didn't like uh, the situation he found himself in, Jacob chose to love. There are 14 gazillion applications I could make right now. 14,000 of them. But I'm going to give you this. The choice to remain engaged in the service of the Lord is just that. It's a choice. You won't always like the situations. You won't always like the circumstances. You won't always like what you're dealing with. It is a choice to love God and allow God to work in your life. Last thing this morning, love is blind. Not only is love blind, love is the opposite of selfish. Jacob had his own plans, had his own desires, had his own dreams, had his own wants, and all of that came to a screeching halt the day after the wedding, the first wedding. Everything got turned on its head. Again, when I get to counsel young people before I marry them, I'm quick to remind them that when you marry this person, you're giving them permission to have first place in your life except for the God. You're giving this person permission to have first place in your life except for God. 
And if you don't recognize that, you're going to have a long road to hope. I will credit my father this morning. Today would have been my mother's birthday. Mama would have been 72, one, 71, 71 today. For the last six, seven years of my mother's life, I watched my father put everything on the back burner. And there were times when my dad would call me over because mama had fell and it got so bad at the end. So bad at the end. It's a choice that you make to put the others first. Look at me, folks. We make the same choice with God. There are so many things that clamor for our time. So much that wants to pull at us and tug at us. And it's easy to put God third, fourth, fifth, sixth. We have to choose to put God first or he becomes an afterthought. I'll close with, with one simple, you can close your Bibles. I shared something in Sunday school this morning and I want to close today with, to the church. The home going of Subsequent celebrations, rightfully so. Brother Billy Graham, Dr. Billy Graham. And can I just pause a minute and say, I'm so glad that our government, and I'll even dare say it, our president chose to let him lay in state at the Capitol. Just, it's not political. I'm just so proud of that. A little backwoods Baptist preacher laying in the state at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. That caused me in the last couple of weeks to go back into some of my files and pull out stories and illustrations and things that I'd heard about Dr. Graham. One of my favorite quotes that I ever saw was an interview he gave right after 9-11. What a devastating moment in our country that was. What a devastating moment we faced. And the, the, the news commentator asked him a question that I think was understandable in the situation. Dr. Graham, where was God in all of this? When thousands of people now have lost their life and you can hear the wailing in downtown New York City of people who are trying to find their loved ones, where is God in all of this? And his answer was spot on. He said, first of all, knowledge and love of God does not prevent tragedy. But number two, he said, many years ago, we kicked God out of our society out of the public sphere. And I wrote down the words he said next. He said, God's a gentleman. He will not go where he's not wanted. So when we've kicked him out, we cannot then stand back and say, where is he now? And the next words pierce my heart. Service to God is a choice. It's a choice. Laban looked at his situation he could have roused up. He could have said, this is not right. It's not fair. I'm not doing this. He kept his eyes on the one he loved. Worked seven more years. And God blessed him. God blessed him. Marvelously. Look at me, folks. Stay in church. Stay in the service for God for very long. I promise you, there'll be some things you don't like. 
There'll be some life situations. There'll be some circumstances. There'll be some trials. There'll be some things you go through. People involved, not people. You just won't like it. May I encourage you this morning? Choose to stay engaged with God. Let's stand to our feet. Ken's going to get us an invitation first. Thank you for your attention. You've been so kind this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for me now. No doubt, waiting for 14 years for Rachel was a long wait. Because of his love for her, he was willing to do it. Sometimes our Christian journey feels long. feels hard. If you're here this morning and that describes you, you're experiencing things or someone you love is experiencing things that just feel so difficult, long, hard. You desire prayer. Nobody's looking, but would you put your hand up this morning? I'm seeing a lot of them go up. I appreciate that so much. May I encourage you right now, before Brother Ken sings a single word, while Renee is playing softly, while Miss Lisa is playing softly, if you raised your hand, I see a lot of folks wiping tears today. If you raised your hand or you're wiping tears because of the life situations that you're facing, the difficulties, the challenges, may I encourage you to step out right now. Would you step out right now? I want to ask a second question. Is there anyone here that would just be honest? Say, Pastor, the greatest trial I face right now is the trial of my salvation. I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure that if today was my last day that heaven would be my home. Pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. Is anyone like that with just an uplifted hand that would say, Pastor, pray for me? Father, thank you for the honesty of the folks this morning. Lord, bless Brother Ken as he sings. I pray that the Spirit of God will have his way in our service now. In Christ's name. Brother Ken, sing us a verse. Have thine own way. Have thine own way, Lord. Have, have thine own way. got a couple still praying. Let's sing the first verse together all over the building, everybody. Have I no way? Thank you. 
yielded and steeled. God blessed you for being here today. Say amen. Services at 6 o'clock. I know we're supposed to have some winter weather. Not supposed to start till well after midnight. So services tonight at 6 o'clock. Fellowship, shake hands. Uh, again, you've got the microphone. Uh, dismisses in prayer. And you should be proud of me this morning. I didn't say one little word about UVA being the ACC champions over Carolina Tar Heels. Amen. God is so good. And I am so waiting for you to dismiss us in prayer. Amen. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, for this time we'll be able to come to your house. And Father, thank you, Lord, for Jesus, God, and what he done for us on Calvary's cross. And Father, the love that was bestowed on the cross of Calvary. God, you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten son, Lord, to this whole sinful world. God, you traded your best for our absolute worst. God, we love you for that today. And Father, thank you, Lord, for loving us first. Father, thank you for this timely message that we all needed to hear today. God, thank you, Lord, for touching our pastor. God, and how you work in his life. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to ponder on these things for the rest of the afternoon. And Father, I'm looking forward, Lord, what you're going to do for us here tonight. God, keep your people safe, Lord, as we travel our separate ways. God, we love you today. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.